Hey race fans and welcome to the Piscina Report. It's season 2020-21, episode number five. One, two, three, four, five. Ooh. Already, can you believe it? Wow. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded. We've had some fantastic interviews with some riders. We've had, who have we had? We've had Darren Binder. We've had Jake Dixon. We've had Remy Gardner. You've got those on the uh, on the podcast and the vodcast. Go and check them out. They're getting some amazing traction. They're absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. But for this episode, there's so much to talk about. There's been heaps going on. We've got riders going to the track finally. Oh, yes. And we've got dates confirmed. And we're actually starting to see 2021 bikes. It's incredible. It's real. It's really here. So before we get into it, it's a very quick hello and welcome to my co-host, Andra. How are you, my dear? I'm good. I'm good. Do you know what I realized today? I'm so excited for Qatar because I have never seen, this is like deja vu now. I have never seen a night race. You've never seen a race at Qatar. That's right. Oh, my God. It's going to be so cool. And El Jefe, how are you going, boss? Hola, hola here from Spain. Yeah, good, good. Everything is, the winter is going away, so the sun is shining here in Madrid. Fantastic. Everything's oh. everything's coming up, Pacino. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Andra, you will have the chance to see two races in a row, two night races in a row in Qatar. Mm-hmm. I was trying to work out today what the time difference is going to be, if I have to chuck a sickie so that I can watch the race or not. Well, the races. It's always good to do that anyway. It is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get straight into it. And before we do get into all of the all the detail, I want to stop just for a couple of minutes and uh, just pay tribute to an absolute legend of MotoGP and motorcycle racing, Fausto Grazzini, who unfortunately did pass this last week at the age of 60, um, double uh, world champion in 125s team uh, principal for so long and has had so much success uh, in MotoGP and all support categories. What an absolute legend. And it is heart-wrenching to uh, to see that he's left us this week. So it's absolutely terrible. Manuel, Hefe, uh, before we move on, you obviously knew the man very, very well. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on Fausto? Yeah, yeah. The whole community is completely shocked because it happens just a few days. He's completely shocked with this. Because uh, Fausto was a young guy, 60, you know, mm-hmm. he died of, of COVID, of course, and uh, he, fought, he fought for his life for three weeks, and at the end, he didn't make it. You just mentioned his professional careers, too, uh, his brilliant professional career, oh, but yes. I would uh, underline more his personal side. You know, Fausto was basically... And I don't say it because he's not here anymore. He was a good person, you know, mm. but a really good person, you know. Uh, I know that this is mostly said by anybody who leaves, but this time it's absolutely real. So it has been immensely shocking. And I have to tell you, look, we did uh, two nights ago a fantastic uh, program in an Italian TV where we were able to gather together uh, different riders that raced for 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 Fausto and a technician who actually works for um, Alexis Pargaro in the Grissini team. Okay, mm-hmm. and but it was not a sad meeting. It was, a, I would say, a fun meeting. You know, they told a lot of anecdotes. It was not. We didn't want to say uh, goodbye to Fausto. We we just said thank you, Fausto. Yeah. And just to tell really a, sm- cool. a small anecdote, uh, this guy who actually is the crew chief of Alexis Pargaro told us that 
in 19, I think 87. Well, yeah, I think in 1997, he was at the Belgian Grand Prix as a white card racer. Mm -hmm. And uh, at that time, uh, Fausto just was world champion. So imagine him in 87, he went with a t-shirt being a wild card to see Fausto and yep. ask him for a signature on his t-shirt. And then many years later, he worked with them. So he appeared in the, in the box and showed Fausto the t-shirt. And cool. he told me, do you remember this? And Fausto said, look, I have probably signed thousands of them. <laughs> and he said, it was me as a young kid. That's so cool. So fantastic. Yeah, very nice stories. And a lot of stories. We, we, there were Alexandre Barros, the mm -hmm. Brazilian, who started with Fausto, his team. There was Melandri, who finished runner-up in MotoGP with Fausto. Yep. There was Tony Elias, who was... Mm -hmm. A Moto2 world champion with Fausto. So for me, it was very emotional because I managed to put together, you know, uh, Alessandro was in Brazil, Tony Elias in California, Melandri in Italy, mm -hmm. the other one, Antonio in Spain. So, and this was only possible so cool. because it was Fausto's night. Yep. Yep. That is very, very cool indeed. What an, yeah, yeah, what yeah. an absolute legend. And obviously, the man was from Imola, and there's going to be a uh, private service next week held in Imola, um, but it is going to be streamed online. So if anybody's exactly. interested, they can jump online and they can, uh, they can do that. And they can also contribute to the family as well. So there's the details available online. So what an absolute legend indeed. We'll have links to that as well in the, on the show notes. So moving on, as we say, this last week, we've seen an explosion of, uh, I think, as, uh, as, as El Jefe said just beforehand, uh, catwalk experiences from all of, the, uh, all of the teams that are coming out. So we've, we've had most of the team presentations. As we go to where, the only ones that we're waiting for still are the Sepang Racing Team and the uh, Suzuki X-Star. Um, but by the time you see this, uh, the, the Suzuki team should have had their, their presentation. But I thought we'd take some time to, to go through some of those and, and ask the boss, Mr. GP himself, uh, what he thinks of uh, some of the comments that have been made, what he thinks of the, t of the teams and, uh, and, and what's going what's gonna to happen this year. What do, what do you reckon, Manuel? Are you up for that? Oh, yes. I would say that there is a, a general picture is that in all these presentations, everything is fine. You know, everyone yeah. loves everyone. Yeah. Everything is a, a flower power it's and, you know, like the 70s spirit. <laughs> Even Maverick and Fabio, the, I don't know who the lady was, was like, tell me one good thing about, you know, Maverick, tell me one good thing about Fabio on the yes. track and off the track. And they're all being so sweet. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And and then we, and another important um uh, situation or, or a moment was having uh, Mark Marquez back. Mm -hmm. You know, so far we had seen Marquez doing videos and stuff mm. where everything was more or less prepared. All the questions were the, the correct one. This time he faced dozens of journalists, you know, uh, crazy to make all kinds of questions. Mm. And I have to say that once again, uh, he showed to be an extremely professional guy in this sense as well, not only on the bike. Yep. He, he didn't refuse any question. He answered all of them. Some were, uh, how do you say, sweeter, sweet, you know. Yep. Others were quite tough, 
but Mark uh, did extremely well. Uh, I don't know. Wh- where do you want to start? Well, Tell let's me. start there. Let's let's start with HRC. Why not? You know, that was that was one of the big ones. And as you say, everyone wanted to see Marquez. So realistically, from from us on the outside, all we've seen is the is the canned video presentations that that have happened with those you know, the little interviews. You know, talking about people being nice. It was very much oh, Paul. What do you think about Mark? Oh, what are your first memories of Mark? Oh, it was always very lovely, you know. But but yeah, just just from those presentations for HRC, first of all, Manuel, what did you think of that one? Well, the HRC stuff, I found two things interesting. The the presentation video was a presentation video, okay? An official video where everything is like uh, honey, you know? Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> exactly, yeah. But, but uh, I would uh, underline one thing that... Uh, Kubata Sansen, that is the engineer responsible of the MotoGP mm-hmm. uh, project. And he said, look, I, he said that uh, as the engine could not be developed uh, this winter because they are frozen, there wouldn't be much uh, difference between the new bike and the last year's bike. Yeah. Which completely is a contradiction of what we have seen with Bradel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bradel has tested here in Spain, in Jerez, several times, several times. And the bike is completely different from last year's bike. Yeah. You know, the chassis is different, the swing arm is different, the exhaust is different, the fairing is different, the aerodynamics is different. But th- that's where I wanted to go. As the engine has not been, re- uh, has not been changed or set up, or mm, you know, frozen, yeah, yeah. For the Honda engineers that are basically engine engineers, it's like nothing has happened, but the bike is completely different. That's funny, that shows how much Honda is obsessed with the engine. So, if they can't take, uh, uh, if they can't uh, change the engine, so for them, is the rest is nothing, yeah. I so did note that, me, that I, was I funny. Made Exactly. I made those same notes where, yeah, he was talking about no big changes to the engine because of the freeze. And so they've tried to focus on chassis and aerodynamics. And yeah, as you say, when we, when we saw Bradle on the bike, yeah, that, that's, there's, there is a lot of changes, just not inside the not. engine. That's all. Yeah. All right, Andrew, had a question. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, obviously, without my understanding of the mechanical side of things, I got so excited to see these new bikes and went, oh, they look the same. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what's yeah, different? No, no but but <laughs> Andra, you have to think that, for example, hydrodynamic wise, the fairings, they the new fairings will be tested in Qatar. Okay. The tests, and they have to evaluate if they work better or not. You know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Therefore, therefore, the what you have seen, you have seen the old bikes, meaning last year's bike. Without exactly, the new, yeah. yeah. The new is to come and to be tested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's not get too deep into that. I do want to dig into that a bit later on when we talk about the testing. Um, but look, for now, okay, so that's that's the, the canned Honda sort of presentation. What about the media presentation afterwards when, when you guys were, were actually, you know, able to ask them whatever questions you want? How did that go? Look, it was funny because going back to Marcus, okay, let's focus on Marcus. Marcus, when I was listening to him and answering all these questions, I was really impressed. He... He caught me. I fall in his trap, and what I consider a trap. I yeah, said, well, wow. I'm disappointed. <laughs> no, no. I said, wow, Mark has changed. He is. And then 
as a journalist, I went through everything and I started to say, no, 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 you know, because my job is not to trust anything what they say, basically. <laughs> of course, yeah. And analyze, let's say analyze. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I realized that Mark's uh, speech was the perfect speech. It was, he said everything, everything what we wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> but everything, everything in all aspects. It was fantastic. Yeah. I have to co congratulate the one who has prepared this uh, show up. And I have to congratulate him because mm. he had the script learned incredible, incredible. Nice. But all the areas, you know, starting, he spoke about the doctors. He spoke about how he feels. He spoke about how he has suffered during this month. It was incredible. Incredible and congratulations. Congratulations because they did a fantastic job. Nice. So what's the latest with his recovery? We're hearing in the last few weeks that his recovery is coming along a bit faster than, than they thought. So when, when, when do we think we're going to see him on a bike? Yes. Look, I, I will uh, upload an article, I imagine, this weekend mm -hmm. on Pesino GP that explains the headline is Marcus return the three possible options okay oh. and it's very interesting it's very interesting because uh, now it seems that the recovery is really getting fast mm. pushing fast and uh, mark uh, admitted in that uh, in that uh, meeting he, he appeared in the press conference that he wanted to to test in qatar oh he wanted to test in Qatar, but the doctors said no. And this time, he is following Doctor Script uh, to That's to the to thing. the period. You know, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. he he damn. <laughs> yes, uh... yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I would say I I put my doubt. Okay, probably he's convinced after everything he went through. Mm -hmm. that he has to follow doctors. But I can tell you, uh, in my opinion, it's quite clear that this time he will not have the last word. Yep. He this time it's Honda who will say that. Mm. In one of his answers, he says, I wrote it down here. Hang on. Uh, okay, he says, uh, last time I jumped on the bike when it was not time to do it. Mm -hmm. yep. Then he said, um, but the doctor said that I could do it. Mm. Attention. And then he said, but I have realized that such an important uh, decision, I have to consult at least other two or three professionals. So it's not anymore the doctors say I can go. This I have to check another two or three before taking such a decision. Yeah. So it's clear, you know. He wow. doesn't lie. He sends a message, and you have to re read between the lines. Mm -hmm. You understand? So yeah. do you reckon we'll see him in Portugal or Jerez? What no, do you reckon? hang on. No, no, no. Look, but wait, his, more. his return in the test would have been the best because in the test. He has three days, three full days of testing. In a test, you start at 10 o'clock and you finish at 18 in the yeah. evening. Yep. So for somebody, yes? I was just going to, because I obviously haven't seen the testing before. Can you just quickly tell me what to expect? Is it pretty much like they cover the whole day and you just watch bits and pieces or will they do special coverage 
to show you the highlights of the test or is it yeah, something no, normally not only they they covered everything but the test don't think that it's like a race because mm. there are moments where there is nobody on the track mm. yep you know and then there, there are two bikes and then they do three laps and come in so to watch this the whole day, you have to have a whole day off. Yeah. So is there much commentary yeah. or is it you don't really know what's yeah, going but on even until so, they start imagine to if, if you have to uh, talk for eight hours about something. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Look at the imagine, birds flying yeah, past. Yeah, exactly. Imagine P1, right? You know how the, you get the Friday P1 session. Imagine yep. that for 10 hours. That's basically. <laughs> yeah. But they, so they obviously put the coverage on, but it's, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, cool. so let's go. Let's go. Okay, so yeah. So, so Mark, yep, Mark, yep. If he would have returned in testing, would have been perfect for his recovery because he could have done five laps, stopped one hour, get on the bike again. You know, because the thing is that Mark has to test himself, not the bike. As this will won't happen, imagine the situation if he returns in a Grand Prix. He will be, have forty-five minutes in P one surrounded by guys who just want to go fast. So the situation is complicated. Okay, he said that he won't be at the test in Qatar, but he said also, I haven't uh, discharged to be at the Grand Prix. Oh yes, yeah, so he hasn't ruled it out. No, because the, the last test finishes the 12th of March. The first Grand Prix is the 28th of March. Yep. So he has a, a couple of weeks there to, to get fit. It will mm. depend. He has a doctor. He has to go to the doctor and do the last check middle of March. If they give him green light, it will depend. He says that it will depend on his physical condition. If he goes to Qatar or not. In my opinion, going to Qatar would be a big mistake. Would be too early because he will be far away from Europe where his doctors are. If he has any problem, he would have been sent back to Europe. There is no need and it would be very early, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's, it's, is, it's unneeded pressure. Thing. Exactly. And, and then there is another thing. Uh, uh, sorry, Andra, just finishing. After five days testing, all the riders will have the bike perfectly set up. Yep. The difference between the riders will be super small, tenth mm -hmm. of a second. Mm -hmm. So Marcus could be caught in a situation fighting for the 15th, 10th position. Yep. With rider with no experience in MotoGP. This put yeah. him will put him in a situation unnecessarily risky. You know, and which would be the benefit of this? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So he he stands. Yeah, stands more to lose than to gain if he if he was to absolutely, do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If he does it, I think it would be risk, a risk, an unnecessary risk. Yeah. Okay. And we've all seen Option what happens two. when he does that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because he said. Well, later we go. Option two: Portugal. Yep. From the first test in Qatar, March six to Portugal weekend, forty-one days. Mm-hmm. Plenty of time for him to physically recover, to catch up his physical condition. Plenty. Yep. The problem is Portugal. The problem is he has never raced in Portugal. We saw what Portugal is like, you know, a roller coaster. <laughs> really stressful on the body. 
Exactly. And he has not. So instead of concentrating in, in himself, he would need to concentrate in him and in learning the track. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Time-wise, it would be interesting. I think he would be ready time-wise. Mm. This is the problem in Portugal. And then we arrive in Jerez. Yep. Jerez is the perfect place. Okay. He would have had a long time to get physically in condition. He, the track he knows very well. We saw what he, how he, he rode when last time, how fast he was. Mm -hmm. So he would concentrate only in himself. Because I imagine he can do this track with his eyes closed. Yeah. But to get to Jerez, look, I, I am planning like the manager. It would be perfect to have one test day in Jerez yeah. for himself. Yeah. You know, because he has he has the option to test five five days a year. He mm -hmm. could perfectly spend one of these days in Jerez. Your private test. Before private test, probably maybe during the Portugal Grand Prix, he could test there or yeah. no, two weeks before. He has yep. to test two weeks before. And this could happen because all the material will would be in Spain after the Qatar test. Mm -hmm. All the bikes, everything would be in Spain. For the two for Portugal and Jerez. So the perfect situation, in my opinion, in my modest opinion, is work a lot on your physical condition, get ready, do a, a private test for a one full day where he can get in slowly and then mm -hmm. race in Jerez. He will not be 100 percent in Jerez, but what he showed last year before he crashed. You know, he was so much better that yeah. probably even not being 100%, yeah. he mm -hmm. would be there. 70% Marquez equals 100% anybody <laughs> else. <laughs> exactly. Especially in Jerez. So yeah. this, is, this is, in my opinion, an analysis of the three scenarios mm -hmm. of Marquez comeback. Yeah, makes sense to me. Definitely. Um, so Paulus Bargro, anything to report from him from the, from the uh, season launch or... or, or just what was expected. Yeah, Paul, Paul, Paul was like, I don't know, he was like uh, in the shadow in this presentation. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Everyone was focusing on Mark. And yeah. he won't have an easy time, you know, because he's a... Uh, everyone in Honda underlined that we have hired Paul to get results. Yeah. Even, even his new crew chief, for me, he was, wow, he said, look, uh, in the first part of the championship, he has to aim doing podiums. Straight. Nice. No pressure. And then, yeah. And then, exactly. And then he has to fight for the championship because he's, he's sitting on a winning championship bike. Yeah. Bang. So okay. no mercy. No mercy. <laughs> you know? right. and, Paul, and Paul himself, obviously, after hearing all this, he said... Okay, I know that I can't spend the first half of the season trying to get used to that bike. Mm -hmm. He said, and I have to be competitive from the start. And this isn't easy not having had the chance to test. Yeah, hmm. it's a poison it's a chalice, it, isn't it? It really is, yeah. So he might surprise he said, us. I don't dislike him as much. He seems a bit more positive and likable. 
but yeah, yeah uh, Edra, you are, you are caught like me from Marquez. Yeah, maybe, maybe in the in the in the cloud. Yeah. Get out of the cloud. In the smoke in the mirrors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. All right, let's let's move forward. No, no. Still oh. quickly. Oh, let me, yes. let, uh, about about Paul. He said the following. He said, "Look." The worst part of this bike, there have been great riders who have jumped on this bike and they have had problems. Yep. Meaning Lorenzo, meaning all others. Mm. So he said, I know that the most critical part of this bike is the braking, where the front slips away. Mm -hmm. Okay. He said, I will have to learn where the limit is on the test in Qatar. So, and this means that I will have to crash. Ah, to, yeah. see, to see where this limit is. Uh -huh. Look the pressure he's under. Eh? Indeed. Don't envy that. I suppose, yeah, Qatar, there's, there's worse places to crash. There's loads of runoff. You're not, you're not really going to hurt yourself. Yeah, but at the end, he goes in, he jumps in, having clear that he has no time, you know? Yeah. Because when you sit on, on that bike, you have to have learned before. You are not there to learn. Yeah. You yeah, have to exactly. arrive with your lesson learned. How do you think he'll go, Manuel, though? Because he's obviously, you know, very experienced and... Uh, I, I Most of the people, most, if you, I would say 90%, uh, have the opinion that he won't do better than he did with uh, KTM. What do you think, Manuel? I had uh, I have faith on him, but I'm starting to doubt. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah. I'm going to reserve my opinion until the mid-season break. You big chicken. I am. I am indeed. Okay, so staying with Honda, LCR Honda. I thought I found that interesting that they had two completely separate presentations. They didn't have a team presentation. They had. One for Takasan and then another one for the other guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the presentation was done in the same place. In yeah, fact, exactly the same place. Yeah. The presentation where was done alongside with the team Repsol presentation. Yes, yeah. In, I mean, they it's did the it bearer, in the yeah. same place. It was a theater and uh, in uh, Cervera where Mark Marcus lives. Yep, so imagine. Right. All the presentation from Japan, from Italy, went to Mark's village because mm. it's almost not a city. Yep. This shows how important and how strong Mark's rules inside Honda. No? Well, yes. the presentation, I think they wanted clear, as they don't have the same sponsor, you know, the two sides of the garage, it was, I think, intelligent or smart doing two because then you give your sponsor the protagonism. Yeah, I did like that. And that's clearly one of the things that, you know, the Idemitsu side of things, that's a very, very powerful sponsor. They expect to see their own thing there. Exactly, exactly. Good. And then you got the Castro one on the other side, yeah. Yeah, and uh, about, there was no much, much new. The only good news about this is that Nakagame finally will get the same bike than yes. the other one. Yep. For the first time, I think uh, ever, Honda will have four... Uh, same bikes. Current spec bikes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's fantastic. The only other note I had was it was good to see that Alex still has his two little dash hands on the back of his helmet. That was it. 
But the colors, were the colors they've got for that bike like going back to the old days? But all oh, the castrol colors on Alex's yeah. bike, yeah, the, yeah, the, very much the traditional castrol colors—the green, white, and red. Oh, yeah, okay. that's yeah. Sometimes I, I, I have, through the season, they have real old school versions of it as well. Yeah, because they have uh, the the how Chequinello runs the team. He runs with small sponsors. So in some mm. places, in Italy, for example, the main sponsor turns into GV. It's yes. uh, a. Yep. You know, and Italy in in England, it's Castro. It depends on the market. He uses yep. a different main sponsor. And just to finish the story, I have to say two things. One is uh, the sponsorship of Alex Marquez is not closed yet. They are trying that Estrella Galicia appears on the sponsors. Mm-hmm. Estrella Galicia that has finished sponsoring Moto2 and Moto3 teams and yep. is at this moment personal sponsor of the Marquez brothers. Obviously, uh-huh. they and Estrella Galicia went to Formula One yes, with Carlos right. Sainz in mm-hmm. Ferrari. Yeah, but they want to have some uh, some uh, sticker of Estrella Galicia on the bike. And the second and last thing about that thing, they should have is... those stickers on the bike. They should have a <laughs> oh, <yeah>. sticker <laughs> report. That would be cool. <laughs> and the last thing is, they have the two most educated riders in the whole. Pardon. Yes, yes, they, are they do. So, so educated, so nice. Look, it's like the son that every mother wanted to have, you know? <laughs> Both Indeed, are super yeah. nice. Very good. Yep. Very good. Nice guys, exactly. Um, okay, so let's let's move on to Ducati. Whoa. So the, yeah, straight, straight into it. Bang. The Ducati course launch. Um, again, I, I thought that was extremely canned. It, the, the, we really didn't hear anything. It, it was a it was a forty five minute ad for Lenovo. That that's all it was. Just talking about the power of data and all this sort of stuff. I really didn't get anything out of that. Did you get anything out? Well, actually, the only thing I did get out of it is that they're putting all the pressure on Jack and they're telling Jack that he needs to calm down and sometimes accept third or fourth. That's that's all I got out of it. It, it for me, look, the most surprising is for the first time since 2003, Andra, when uh, Ducati jumped in the championship, Malboro won't be, or Philip Morris isn't the main sponsor anymore. Yeah. That's right. a huge step. That's mm-hmm. a huge step. You know, uh, Philip Morris has been like the flag of Ducati project for since 2003. Yep. And now it's Lenovo. You know, Lenovo mm. will be the title sponsor and Philip Morris has jumped back to a sec. Philip Morris is at the same level than Audi in the sponsorship. Yep. Okay. So uh, for me, that was a surprise. And the second is what you said. Look, it's like we want to win the championship, like the same. Yeah, blah, but, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> did they say something about something to do with the new rear tire or something they've done with the rear Oh, yeah, yeah. They st- they went back to the rear, why the problems Dovizioso had with the rear tire, papi, papa. <sighs> Don't they switch game. the tires out, or is this to do with the mechanics that controls the tire rather than the tire? What? No, it's the way you use the tire. Because okay. if, it, if, it, if it was the tire, others would have the same mm. problem. Well, yes. Exactly. They had no problem with the tire. So yeah. it's how you use the tire, mm. okay? And there is something I want to 
to say here about Ducati. Last season, there were also six Ducati riders like this year, right? I had the numbers I was looking at, but I don't find them, but I know more or less. Last year, oh yeah, somewhere here. Um, the Ducati riders, if you counted all the victories they had and the podiums, it was kind of, uh, altogether they had 19 victories and 59 podiums or something like this. Mm -hmm. The Ducati riders this year, they have one victory rookies. in yeah. MotoGP. All rookies, and yeah. It, it's it's young victory, and oh. it wasn't on a Ducati. Yeah. So last year right. they they had uh, Dovizioso who had won. They had um, Petrucci who had won. This year, they none of them has won a Grand Prix on a Ducati. None of them. Mm. Okay. Wow. You compare compare these figures with KTM. KTM yeah. last year. They had not won one Grand Prix. This year they have now two victories with Oliveira, uh, two victories with, with Petrucci, yep. one with Binder. You know, it it maybe it's stupid, but when Ducati comes out and say no, because we are winning, we are fighting for the championship. Hang on, you your rider firstly have to win a race. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, very Aren't strange. We start. Yeah, yep. one step at a what, time. Yeah, that's right. What sort of chance do you give them this year, Manuel, from, from what you've seen so far? I know we've seen Michele Pera on track, um, but none of the other Ducati riders have managed to get out because it was it was wet. Poor things. They didn't want to get wet. No, no. Uh, and, 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 don't, and, and don't forget that they went out on street bikes, on the Panigale before. Yeah. It was not um, a normal bike because they, they can't ride this. And uh, riders are using street bikes to get used to ride, basically. Look, uh, before yesterday in Barcelona, there were Alex Rings and Joan Mir on Suzuki J6R1000. Mm -hmm. There was Alex Espargado on an Aprilia RSV, also a superbike. Yep. There were deep, uh, Sarko was on his moto, on his Panigale before, you know? Yep. Jack yep. was there. Jack was there and he said, whoa, it looks like a Grand Prix, but on street bikes. Yeah. I saw he was but, there with Jonathan Ray as well, talking to Jonathan Ray. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. But yeah. I spoke with Piro about, I asked him, does it help to ride a street bike? I mean, to get trained to, he said, look, it's like riding a car and a bike. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> riding a street bike is zero compared yeah. with riding MotoGP. The braking, the acceleration, the turning, the electronics, yeah. the only thing is that you got, you are hugged on a big bike as well. Mm. Yeah. This is the difference. Crazy, crazy. So the Pramac and, and thing. Look, sorry, yeah, no, a, a small anecdote, the old Ducati riders were in Jerez riding the street bikes. Yes, yep. Six of them, right? Because Ducati did kind of a, a rider's day. So they yep. get, they get, uh, friend with each other, family day, a Ducati yep. family day. A family day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Ducati family day. <laughs> so at the end, in the last session on the last thing, they all of them went together on the track, the six, you know, to take picture and to show. Well, yep. 
I, I won't mention names, okay? <laughs> one crashed. Oh, one God. Crashed. Really? And a, another one exploded the engine. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, normal. No, while they were riding separate, it was like, Ada, while they were together. Oh, there are no oh. brothers and sisters. There are no brothers and sisters anymore, you know? That's crazy. Oh my, yeah. god. oh my god! That's and insane. another one who, another one who destroyed the bike in a Almeria circuit here in southern Spain mm. was Alex Rins. This didn't oh. come out, but he destroyed he, uh, you know, into pieces his bike in 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 Almeria. Luckily, Whoops. he had uh, with no no, no injury. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. That's the so, preseason. Yeah. That's the preseason. That, yeah, that's the preseason for you. So moving to Primax, so we're seeing that they're getting the the GP twenties as well this year. Um, sorry, Zarco yeah. is getting the GP twenty, um, but the 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 Avinci guys they're still on the GP nineteen. Yeah. Yeah, Zarco and his teammate Jorge Martin will get the same bikes that the same specs that the factory bike. So Jorge okay. Martin's getting the same spec as Zarco as well as he. I yeah. wasn't sure about that. There were really four four specs like that. Okay, cool. So, so uh, yesterday, no, before yesterday, I spoke with Zarko. Mm. Look the story. I asked him, hey, Johan, after Carl uh, uh, and Danilo have left, Danilo, no, and Dovi have left, you are now one of the oldest guy in MotoGP. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> suddenly he turned into the oldest. Because yeah. So he said, well, yeah, but I don't feel like this, but, okay. but I have to say you something. Sometimes when I hear you, the other kids talking, I ask myself, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So he does feel old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny. He was just heading to play golf because he is different from the others. He plays yep. piano, he plays golf. He, mm. I don't know. People are like, what's it's... this TikTok thing the kids are talking about these yeah. days? All the cool <laughs> kids are doing it. <laughs> and what about Martin? How's, how's, how's Jorge seem to be fitting in? Number 89. Number 89. Number 89. Uh, Martin, I have to say, he's from Madrid, like me. Mm hmm. And he is very close to Jorge Lorenzo's father. Yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah. And I have a YouTube channel with Jorge Lorenzo's father. Mm -hmm. So uh, he has told me that Jorge Martin is, has worked so hard this winter. I think, I don't know if I told you, he has, he and Chicho went through all the last year uh, Grand Prix videos, but following, just watching on, Juan Mir. Ah, right. I see. Why? Because he's Why? world champion. <laughs> good, good question, Andra. Because Mir is spe was especially strong in two things last year. In overtaking and in braking. Staying on? Oh. <laughs> Staying on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> Three things. In uh, and stay on the bike. In, in, in those two things, especially in braking, he's the best guy mm -hmm. who, who breaks, actually. So, Martin wanted to see how he breaks and how he does, how does he prepare the overtakings. Nice. You know, and it's, it's not just watching, you know, it's going there, stopping the video, going back, putting in slow motion, checking how he, his hands 
if you can see how his hands are breaking. So yep. he's he's working very hard. That is good. You know, it's not just la la. I'm doing dirt tracks, but no, no, no. He's working. He's actually doing and, intelligent study. Exactly, and this is one of the characteristic of Martin. He's an intelligent guy. Good, good. Okay, lovely. So Aventia, I noticed that was actually an in-person event. There was like stuff going on. There was like stunt riders and fireworks and all sorts of things. I thought, <laughs> wow, that's crazy. What is this, 2019? It was insane. Yeah, well, we were not surprised about the presentation of Aventia. I think nobody. Yeah. But what surprised me there is first, the team manager, the guy who is uh, supposed to run the team was wearing sky shirt yes yeah vr46 shirt <laughs> so, exactly so he was he's supposed to be neutral because mm -hmm. the two riders we run two different teams but yep. he was there with the sky clothes so i said i can't i can't imagine imagine how bastianini oh, was feeling yeah because and of between those two bastianini is the world champion Yes. So he, exactly. he should be the one who should have had more protagonism. But uh -huh. Amigo, when V46 jumps in, it's like it sucks the air of everyone who is around. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, it sucks the air out of the room. It, it exactly does. That's right. Yeah. And, and look, it's a nice looking bike. The VR46 version is a very nice looking bike. It's, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how those two guys go. Out of Bastianini and, 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 and Marini, what do you, what do you reckon? It's clear that Bastianini is faster than him, but yep. it's funny. But he's a bell end. He's a bell end. That's right. He's a bell end. That was Jake. What's Dixon. that? What What is this? It's a, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you offline. We'll have to draw oh, you okay. a picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And between those two, to make it short, I would say it's funny. Look at uh, this photo. The only one who's guaranteed a bike in Ducati for next year is Marini. Yeah. Because this team will turn into the future VR46 team in MotoGP. Right. Exactly. So he has guaranteed. And Bastianini has to show that he deserves to ride the Ducati because he will be fired next year from that team. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And for because, all those that haven't seen it, this is news. If you haven't seen the, the, the old, old episode, uh, Manuel broke this news a couple of months ago last year of, of exactly what's happening now. So um, always, always the man with his finger on the pulse. So uh, Bastianina is the one who has the pressure. Marini can race yeah. just relaxing, you know. Crazy backwards. Like you say, yeah, Bastianini is the world champion. He, he shouldn't be the one with the pressure. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Indeed. Okay. Um, all right, let's move forward to the one I really want to talk about, KTM. Wow. That was, uh, again, the, the presentation, very canned, all that sort of stuff. The thing that they did with the, oh, let's, let's bring such and such onto the line. And they had the video conference, very cute and everything. But I just want to say that Tech Three bike. Oh my! Oh, even that's the, I've been waiting for you to get to it because I'm like, that's the only oh, one that I went. Oh my god! Holy shit! Like that—that—that that was stirring me in my nether regions. <laughs> that's that's the new background <laughs> on my home computer. Yeah. That is what well, on your stunning. on your bedroom wall. Do you put a yeah, picture on, of the bikes up above? On the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, do you yeah, reckon, Manuel? It was. It was Astonishing, astonishing, you know? Uh, if you see, but if you see the photo of Petrucci sitting on that bike, 
it looks like a minibike because yeah, yeah. <laughs> Petrucci is no. so huge, so big. Yeah, put a grin on his face as well. He looks like he's, or, thin. Or, he's he's got a bit fitter. He looks like he's thinned up a touch. Yeah, he does it always in winter. Sometimes he does it too much, and then in the first race he has no power, so he, he has to get weight back. I have but, that problem all the time too. <laughs> I think that KTM has to pump up this bike to make it uh, Petrucci size, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Speaking of pumping up the bike, have you heard what's going on with the engine? Because we were hearing all these rumors that they've got all these engine credits and they were going to put all this development into the engine. Look, and going to have this I, I, I am super excited, you know, because we have seen that when these Austrians speak, they don't say the things for nothing you know yeah. we look when they arrived they said okay we are going to be here in for five years we are going to do this on our way on our style with mm -hmm. our suspension with our type of chassis and at that time we said okay this is the typical german bah, 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 bah. <laughs> but now no they have fulfilled everything they said so yes i was and then look Look the analysis of, of what happens in KTM. Uh, the team owner of Tech3, Hervé Poncharal, said a sentence that was, again, the sentence of the presentation. He said, for the first time, I'm starting a season as a factory team. Yes, uh, I heard that. Yeah, when I heard again, this, I've written that down. What does this mean? That KTM doesn't give the team the bikes anymore for them to run it. No, KTM has hired the structure. Mm -hmm. It's just a tool. Yep. So the four the four riders are full factory riders. Exactly, and that means Tech Three will get all of the engine development, all of the aero development, all of the computer analysis out of the factory and the support as well. Wow. Yes, and in the past, in the past, for example, okay, Tech Three had a big help from KTM, but the engineers of KTM worked for their team. Yeah. Now they work for four riders. Centralized unit. This yeah. shows the commitment of KTM and what, you know, what they are pointing at. It's so clear. They are going for it. Look, remember in the last Grand Prix last year when Oliveira won, uh, Pete Byler, who is the team uh, principal, mm -hmm. no, KTM sport manager said, this year we have achieved things that were planned to be achieved next year, yep. meaning this. So this means that we can jump over one year mm -hmm. and go in 2021 what we had ready for 2022. Yeah, and then he said, and, and he said clearly, because they don't hide, they, what they said they mean. He said, we will fight in 2021 for the championship. So are the riders good what? enough? If the bikes yes. are amazing? Yeah. They definitely if if they if they tell this, because what was planned for 2022, they have put it in 2021. Yep. Considering okay. all the holdups with everyone else, then yeah. Mm. Yes. Now quickly, because there are so many things I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if we go through the riders. Brad has the super talent, right? Yep. Brad, the super talent. I, and, a year, and a year of I, experience in MotoGP. Yes. And I trust him so much. And he's not Italian and Spanish and has other all these things <laughs> in his head. 
that we Latins have, you know. He's focused on what on his job. And then Oliveira has the experience. He's always super fast, has the experience of two years in MotoGP only with that bike, so he can help in the development bike. And then we have Danilo Petrucci, who is a question mark, but look how smart the guys of KTM have been. With Petrucci, they have warranted themselves minimum a podium when it rains. Yes, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yep. during the season, you have two or three wet races. Mm-hmm. They have guaranteed themselves or a victory or a win or a podium. This is yep. this has been a super smart move, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a smart move as well, an Italian rider as well. To, to widen the appeal of KTM as well to get get to get a, 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 some more of that Italian following as well. I think that's really really smart. And uh, Stub, imagine that he's the only one who has uh, been on another bike than KTM because yep. Binder doesn't know anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliveira doesn't know. Edlequona doesn't know anything else. So exactly. he's the only one who can compare. Say he's okay, a, maybe here he's another test rider. Realistically, you know, yeah. they've, they've, they've yeah. got Danny and now they've got Danilo as well. That's, inc- that's incredible. And Danilo knows the working system of, of Ducati. Maybe he can explain, look, in Ducati, things are done this way. That is always information is always powers to you. Yeah. Know that. That's right. Indeed. Exciting. So, uh, yeah, what, what sort of chance do you give them this year? What, what, do, you, what do you think? Gonna, you're going to see some victories from them? Do you think they'll be an actual championship contender? Look at his face. Look at his eyes. Yeah. I, I, I shouldn't say this, but I admit I have turned into a KTM fan. <laughs> <laughs> I have turned into a KTM support. And I like, I like a lot, Brad. I have an interview with Miguel in a few days, uh, one-to-one. I am excited. I am am, excited with this. Indeed. I was saying, well, I said at the end of last year, Brad Bender is my my choice for world champion this year. He's always made you funny in the nether region, hasn't he, too? He has, yeah. KTM can only uh, disappoint me because for me, the expectations are so high for them, you know? Yep. (sighs) Indeed. Fingers crossed. Yep. So, so as I say, we, we haven't seen Suzuki yet, but you know, by the time most people are watching this, it would have happened. So, what sort of what have you got on the inside track on on what's happening at Suzuki this year? Yeah, uh, uh, we haven't seen the bike, but the team has been presented. You know, mm-hmm. so we mm. the, the the new manager has been uh, showed. The riders have spoken, the team, the crew chiefs have spoken. Suzuki is doing very, very well their communication uh, plan mm-hmm. because first they showed the new head of the Suzuki project, Nosahara-san, the Japanese engineer, who yep. will have two roles. He will have two roles. He will be the project leader and the manager. And uh, there is a, a funny question about this. So he was before the, t- the project leader, Sahara-san. He has been the project leader. And Davide Brivio was the team manager, right? Mm-hmm. So Sahara-san is, doing the, is assuming the two roles. So my question is, or he didn't do anything <laughs> last year before, <laughs> or yeah. how will he do it? To have, because these are the two most important roles in the MotoGP team. Yeah. 
Exactly. Project leader and team manager. He's so going to go and do both if, of them. So, yeah, and they have, have only 24 hours. He can stick them, you know? So for me, it's funny to see or he hasn't worked really anything before or he mm. will get crazy. Yeah, I reckon he's going to have a lot of help behind the scenes, clearly. And from the, yeah. Yeah, no, but uh, uh, look, uh, there will be a, you will have a kind of a fight for power inside yes. the garage. Yeah. Yeah, he said, we, I, I, want, uh, I would like to promote somebody in, from inside who knows how we work. So imagine what will happen there. Yeah. You know, That's going to be an I interesting year for Suzuki. I foresee um, in this way, Suzuki will struggle. Ah, look at this. Look at this. The presentation. No, uh, the official uh, is no, because we have spoken with the riders and they have understood that they have to e help each other because growing together, they grow individually as well. Yeah. There, will be, there will be no number one rider. Oh, two days yeah. later, sure. two days later, Edra in a most sold Spanish newspaper that big, Alex Rins. I feel like the number one in the Suzuki garage. <laughs> having on the other side the world champion yeah mm. you know and, well. and i would ask you uh, and it's also for me it was a kick in the in the chin you know in the chin yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, all the balls all, the, all somewhere it's, else well balls yeah balls is too soft the chin hurts more <laughs> oh. <laughs> and uh, because he has decided not to use number one on his bike. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Okay. And this this has upset me a lot. I may be stupid. You but really thought he was going to? Yeah, because no. What, what's the point? They all want to copy Valentino. I'm thinking that, mm -hmm. wow, what will happen with my marketing? Hang on. Mm -hmm. Not even Mark is capable to compete on marketing with yeah. Valentino. That's Valentino, right. there is just one. Mm -hmm. You know, there That's is just crazy. one. We, look, the, the most iconic number in MotoGP, besides uh, Valentino, was Kevin Schwanz, 34. Yeah. 34, yep. And he used that number one when he won the championship. It's yeah. logical. Mm -hmm. Someone will do it again. I'm confident someone will do it. Yeah, someone will do it again so. soon. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm starting to see cracks in the Suzuki team. I, I just think, yeah, that, that there may be some little political things in the background between the riders and in the hierarchy of the team that may see them struggle this year. That's just what I feel. There, yeah, there are some interesting points. Suzuki has, uh, I think we have spoken about this here, so to keep the momentum, to stay at the top, Suzuki will need to invest more resources and more yes. money because yep. we have seen Honda is crazy to get back that title. And wow. when Honda gets crazy, amigo, it's like a tsunami. Okay, yeah. and to face this, to face this, you need basically resources. And yes, yeah. I, I, I asked this to the uh, project uh, leader, Ayat Sahara-san, have you, having won and having your uh, factory or your bosses in Japan seen how good you are, did you get more resources for, to keep, uh, to, to stay at the top? Mm -hmm. He said basically no. Oh. So it will it will be difficult for them. That's disappointing indeed. 
Okay, so and the last one I believe that we wanted to talk about. Oh, it, well, there's there's the Sepang Racing Team, but they haven't had their presentation yet. Um, I know we have seen a picture of the bike, but no one's allowed to see it yet. Um, everyone will see it soon. <laughs> Um, but the other one, I suppose, is the, the Aprilia team as well. So I actually haven't seen the, the, the Aprilia team launch. Uh, what, did you, what did you make of the, the Grassini team launch? Obviously, there was, there was a lot going on with, with Fausto in the background, but um, what about the Aprilia team this year? Well, um, look, Aprilia, again, I, um, I just explained that the guy who, who runs uh, Alexis Pargaro bike wasn't at this Fausto tribute night. Mm -hmm. And he said, look, the problem is always the same. Salvadori, who is the second rider, he's not a MotoGP rider. Mm. So the problem is we are developing a new bike. When it comes to analyze how the bike works, if it's fast enough or not, with whom do we compare ourselves? Yeah, okay. Exactly. The only thing is we can compare with Alexis Spargaro uh, data from the day before, from the stint before, you know? Yeah. They, they, they don't know if they are going the right way. Okay, they may improve, but does Alex take the most of that improvement? So they are like trapped in a circle, you know? They, yeah. mm. they will never go forward because no. they don't have information. So you don't see any improvement for them this year? Of course, they have to improve, but forget it. The rider has haven't, hasn't won a Grand Prix in all his life. Yep. Alex Espargaro. It's I probably the only, no, Lequona also. But uh, he, the, the only one of 23 riders who hasn't won a Grand Prix. Mm. And the bike is on developing phase. So, amigo, forget mm. it. They need Fair money enough. to... To hire True. a rider. Yeah, yeah, that's it for a rider. Yeah, not for bike development, for a rider to give them the feedback. And they've got Bradley no, no. as their test rider. He, again, he, no, 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 Bradley. Uh, no, Bradley argued with them. I don't know what happened, and he has uh, just quitted from April. Oh, is he? Is he completely quit? Oh, He's yeah. still listed on yeah. the on the team page as being as being a rider. Probably, probably they are fixing the contract. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Indeed. What about um? We didn't talk about Yamaha. Oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Monster Energy Yamaha. We haven't. Oh, how could we forget about them? Oh my god! Oh, really? Sorry, I thought maybe you were saving look, some big last like. Look. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yamaha yeah. is the big question mark, and then ah, I wrote another story, mm. which headline says it all. You know that normally in history you you put the when you date something, you put a year. 150 after Christo, no? After yes, Jesus. yeah, AD. Yep. AD. Yep. So <laughs> in Yamaha, it's first year zero A, AR46. Yeah. <laughs> AR. <laughs> so after it's Rossi. A exactly. It's a complete new era. Complete. Yeah. Look up to the point that the first thing Maverick did was to change his seating in the garage. I noticed that, yeah. They went, oh, he's on that side straight away. He's gone, that's yes. mine. Look how important, or because imagine if uh, Quartararo, if Marquez would mm. have rest, 
uh, has rested where he, he was, and Quartararo would have seated on Valentinos. Mm. So, you know, the this uh, uh, image would have immediately said, hey, Quartararo is on, on Valentinos' seat. Yep. No, Maverick said, I, I want to go there because he, on the paper, is the new mm. uh, reference inside yep. the garage. New number one. You know, it's, a, it's all mental game. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Exactly. But yeah, it was all, all very lovey dovey, wasn't it? Again, it was, oh. it was yeah, it was oh. very teamwork. And the things I got out of it again, they're talking about obviously they can't mess with the motor, which is horrendous, but they're, they're talking about wanting to improve consistency and reliability. And they said external engine performance. So things like exhaust, that sort of stuff. So it's exactly the same that Honda said, basically. They're going to look at making the bike more consistent and improving the chassis. At least they go back to their fresh count for engines, right? For the year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andrew, it's too soon. <laughs> but they, look, they, they also said, Stu, that the 2020 bike, 2021 bike would be much closer to Morbidelli's 2019 bike. Yes. Then to the bike the factory riders used for 2020. So uh -huh. this means basically, it's very simple, uh, it, this means that they switched back to the 2019 yeah. chassis. They're just deleting the 2020 bike. Yeah, and they are saying, probably they will say, no, no, it is not uh, the 2019 chassis, it's an evolution. Yeah, it's an evolution. <laughs> <laughs> an evolution. <laughs> if they admit this, you know, the, that would say, okay, we have thrown away millions of dollars, euros yeah. for nothing. Exactly. Okay? And, and then and Cal is their test rider. <laughs> Cal is the, who has not tested? Yes, exactly. What are they doing? Look, they said they haven't been able to test, not even in Japan. Not mm. even the Japanese test rider tested there. And they said, no, well, we have problems. And uh, Japan is very far away. And I was thinking, hang on, where does Honda come from? <laughs> <laughs> is is the, uh, the mm. Japan's, Honda's Japan closer than Yamaha's Japan? It must be a different As, you know, Japan. And, <laughs> non 2019, not 2020 Japan. <laughs> And Honda, Honda has been testing has been testing for months the yep. new bike. Yep. It's a matter of organization. And what does this mean? And this is dangerous. And this puts a big shadow on Yamaha because KTM here in Jerez, they have been testing days and days and days. KTM. Yep, Danny's Aprilia, doing laps. Yep. April, Aprilia has tested. Pirro has tested. Honda has... Pff, destroyed the tarmac they're testing. Mm -hmm. Yamaha, Cal will jump on the new Yamaha first time in the Qatar test. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cal hasn't uh, uh, ridden the Yamaha for how many years too? For oh. last time. Jeez, so Nine? Yeah. So nine he years? will jump on a bike. To, he will turn into a test rider of a bike he doesn't know. Yeah, not at all. How so can you get they feedback? Are, <laughs> they are completely late. So the yeah. plan, they said, because no, no, they were no. busy at a wedding. Oh, who? Yeah, yeah look, they said, they said, they said, uh, no, Carl will, uh, the first day of testing, he will just ride the bike, get used to that bike, and then yeah. 
second day on, he will try to to test parts, but they are late. Mm. Yeah, definitely, no definitely. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. So, so and, moving over to, to things like testing. So obviously, we we you know we, we didn't get the Malaysia test that that hasn't happened. So the the first time that a lot of these people are going to be able to actually get on the bike properly, as you say, is going to be Qatar this next week, which is they're going to get what one day next week and then an, another day later, I think later in the week on the sixth, and then that's it until the the first race at the end of the month. So considering how many rookies we've got in the class this year that have never ridden a MotoGP bike before and they haven't had chance to do any other tests, are some of these guys going to be really at a disadvantage when, when it comes to these first few races? Well, uh, I, I would say that all this testing, this double testing in Qatar is an advantage for them because when they will arrive at the first Grand Prix, they will know the track, they will know how the bike performed there. It will be a much worse when they arrive in Europe. Imagine, yeah. imagine, uh, I don't know, uh, Bastianini, Marini. This, remember that the third race will be in not easy Portimao. Mm. <laughs> imagine oh, yeah, that's, that's going to be fun. Uh, they, they would have, they will have in, the, in, their, in, their, in their mind, in their brain still how they raced with the Moto2. Yep. And, yeah. and the, the Moto2 bike has around 135 horsepower, more mm -hmm. or less. 100, a MotoGP bike has 280. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, double <laughs> it and then add a bit more. <laughs> so imagine the reference, the, the braking reference they had said, okay, yeah. with the Moto2, I used to brake here. With the other one, you have to break maybe 50 meters be, uh, earlier, you know? <laughs> exactly. It's going to exactly. be interesting. It will indeed. Oh, yeah. it will indeed. So, uh, out of out of all those new guys, who do you think is 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 really in a position to be able to jump straight up to that high level? Like you know, we saw Mir come in, you know, with his rookie year, and and he sort of struggled a little bit, but then he's straight into world championship mode. We saw Binder last year; he came in and he had a win straight away. Any of those guys really strike you as being able to, you know, really succeed straight away? I don't know. Look, we have to have a look again. In Qatar, everything will be so close, Stu, so close. In the past, we have seen that Qatar is basically a Ducati circuit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the only one who could uh, put uh, Ducati in a difficult situation was Mark Marquez, not the Hondas. Mm -hmm. So this will be good on the paper for, Ducati, for Miller. You know, starting there will be good because... He is fast and he has Ducati. So for the Ducati, they should start with a certain advantage. But after all these test days, this advantage would not will not be that big, right? Yeah, true. What will the track Still, be like let, for KTM? Let, let, if the new engine good. is fast, yes. that would be good. Okay. Yeah. Because they have worked on the engine. Look at that one conversation. I just <laughs> And the, and the third race is basically a whole Oliveira's race again mm -hmm. in Portimao. Yeah. So they have two races. And then, you know, they, if they, they can start the championship pretty strong. Bloody eyes. KTM. Mm. Yep. Uh, Stu, let, let me comment you about something that I have missed to comment about uh, Yamaha. Yeah. When in the presentation, again, one of these sentences, they say that you, you catch it 
was Lee Jarvis said, uh, we have realized that we have to help uh, Maverick more inside the garage. Helping more, so we will, uh, this will be one of the changes uh, this year that we will mm. get our fully support. Obviously, immediately I asked Lynn Jarvis, hang on Lynn, this is Maverick's fifth year with you. Have you realized this now? Yeah. <laughs> After what, four you years, you weren't giving him your full support for the last four years. Uh, so, basically, and Maverick said also this. He said, "Now with Valentino out of the garage, I want that the twenty or twenty-two people who normally work in the box mm. work like a team." And wow. then he said something, something that was not possible with Valentino. Right. Yeah, because you always okay. had Valentino's team and then the rest of the team. And Valentino, what we said, he sucks the air out of the mm. room. Yes. Yeah. There is no grass that grows around Valentino's jar, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Okay. So hearing, hearing uh, Maverick saying this so clearly, it's clear that the words of Lee Jarvis meant while Valentino was here, he was the one yeah. Able to, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's, it's weird. He's, we will... The ghost is still there because he's still at the, you know, the SRT team. Yeah, but here at the garage, support. this is important. Yeah. And, and again, oh, another, oh, that was fantastic. Another thing was, no, the two riders, like you said, the two riders are working together. Maverick, what do you like? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, like I like when you Matarano. do this. Yeah. What's your favorite color? <laughs> Look at that. Just, I just was waiting for them wrapping their hands together, you know, like yeah. kids. La, la. Yeah. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Okay. I am, that, that, I am that actually very... was one of the questions. Sorry. Somebody said, was it, they asked um, Alex Marquez, why is your favorite color blue? You're kidding. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that was. Yeah. Big hitting questions. Yeah, oh the late she, the the chicks who she said to Fabio, she goes, "I'm gonna. I hope you don't mind, but I'm gonna ask you some really personal questions. Why the number 20? <laughs> and he just went because <laughs> I was born on the twentieth of April. Because I went, "Oh, this is gonna get good. Yeah. Why the number 20? And, um, and did you hear? Did you hear how Marcus explained his number seventy three? No. He said like. Well, it's my ah, it's my birth year minus my, the day I was born, and what comes out. <laughs> Very interesting. So convoluted. That's oh, brilliant. God. Or it was just a spare number, so you got it, maybe. Yeah. Um, that was. I'm left over. just going back to Maverick. I'm very interested to see psychologically how strong, much stronger he will be without being in in VR forty six shadow. Yeah. Yes, this will be interesting. Mm. He's, uh, I, I did an interview with him and one-to-one -one yesterday with Maverick. And I have to tell you that probably I can throw away what I spoke with him. It was like completely Just... flat. Yeah. Right. And I asked him, one of the things I asked him was, Maverick, normally last year, I heard you say many times, I, work, I wake up every morning thinking in being a world champion. Mm -hmm. Now, it's like, well, um, I'm not thinking in the championship. I'm just thinking working and yeah. And I tell you something. 
this nice and happy flowers uh, atmosphere in the garage, Fabio Catararo has said of the record. I, as I have to, how do you say what the dogs do in the corner? Pee. Oh, yep, yep. Do a pee. Yep. I have to pee in the garage to show oh, where the, my. Yeah, it's turf. Uh, uh, Mark his yeah. area, Mark his territory. territory. Yep. Exactly. Mark his territory. Yep. He said, I have to do this as soon as possible to yeah. mark my territory. Yeah. So Fair just. Just wait after the first day of testing. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I almost feel sorry for Maverick. Like, realistically, he's been in the shadow of Rossi for so long. And then Quattararo is going to come along and stands a chance of maybe going over the top mm -hmm. of him as well. And yeah, no, but, but Valentino is Valentino, okay? And Quattararo is nothing so far. So and far, yeah. on the other side, when Maverick arrived, Valentino was there. Now the one yeah. who mm. is there is Maverick. him. So yeah. and it's his fifth year. But he's not really there, is he? Like he's not really. He hasn't proven anything. Mm. Well, he lives. He has. He has been living in that apartment for five years. Yeah. And he still hasn't so put the lights up one... properly. <laughs> <laughs> so we will see. Because look, Maverick has the speed. Yeah. It's incredible. Mm. Look, to be champion, you need three things, in my opinion. The speed, the consistency, and knowing what is to be a champion. Mm. Yeah. Maverick has the three. The speed he has, because I went through all the FP4s last season. I In this lockdown, I had a lot of time. And mm -hmm. he has always had the speed, the pace mm -hmm. for the race the on race Saturday, pace. always. Yep. And he has, in, uh, when he comes to do one lap, he's also fast. The problem is his consistency because he also knows what is to be champion because he's a world champion, which Andra is so important, mm -hmm. you know, to know, to feel yourself, I made it. This mm. takes a, like it's a... to just a, lift you up stone. and... Yeah, yeah, stone out of your backpack. Yeah. And Maverick knows this. What is lasting in is the consistency. So... Mental consistency. I, he He... Switches yeah, and... look, I, I know that I, maybe I'm talking too much and it's going too long, but I think it's interesting. Look. So uh, we get the good stuff. Keep going. Yep. Uh, Lorenzo, Jorge Lorenzo, when he arrived in Yamaha, had the same problem. He did start very bad, start very bad, and he was good in practice and fast, but then he suddenly realized, because Lorenzo was thinking, he said, okay, I have this problem. I have to fix it. How can I fix it? Do, being more aggressive in the first mm -hmm. five, six, ten corners. That's right. Yes, corners. I remember this. Yeah. Corners. Yep. So he learned to be very aggressive, which he wasn't before. What happened? That he had some crashes too. You will remember with Simoncelli in Assen. Mm -hmm. In the first laps, he had some crashes because he needed to make his way through the package. Mm -hmm. Yep. So then when he saw this, he thought, too dangerous. I need to learn how to start. Yep. And he started to practice in turn into the best started in mm -hmm. the MotoGP. Yeah. And I explain and I explained this to Maverick. And I tell you, look, the same happened with Jorge. This and this and this. Mm -hmm. Did he listen? And then I and then and I ask, Clara, of course. Imagine if a rider would like to hear this from anybody, especially a <laughs> yeah, journalist. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so He's I like, told yeah, him, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I just shot him and I said, don't you think you are not aggressive enough at the beginning? Yeah. And he simply didn't, he said to me, no, because I start, okay, the problem is that- Everyone else starts better. No, no, he said that uh, we have problems for uh, stopping the bike. The bike problems. The bike at the first part of the, of the, of the race. Mm. And I said, and I said, but it's not uh, the start. I am meaning the first corner. Are you aggressive enough? And I don't remember what he answered, but yeah. mm. Andra, yes. go to last year's race in Qatar on YouTube. I know now, now that you are subscribed to MotoGP.com. Yes. You mean you, you 2019? Can, you, yeah, you can watch different cameras mm -hmm. on board. So look at the camera watching from the helicopter. Yeah. And have an eye on Maverick Vinales. There you will exactly see what I mean. And then you will understand everything. Okay. Yep. Indeed. Indeed. Do it. Do it. It's very interesting. Cool. All right. Look, another amazing conversation there. Thank you so much, boss. That's been absolutely wonderful. We've broken down the teams. We've broken down who we're going for. We've broken down so much stuff today. Any final comments before we sign off? No, sorry for having spoken that much. <laughs> no, we love it. That's what everyone wants. That's what they exactly, want. Um, yeah, did we, we hear at all how um, was Jake Dixon was having a go riding? Has that I happened? I haven't heard. Yeah, I've been looking. That was yesterday and today. I think he was having he was having a oh, ride. Okay. I haven't had any feedback yet, but I'm going to go looking for that and mm. hopefully, fingers crossed, he uh, he went okay and the wrist's feeling okay and he can he can get get on that bike. Yep. But yeah, for so for those. To start well because mm -hmm. uh, he has candidated himself for the title last year clearly yeah. so yeah. he has just to do the last step yeah, yeah. every time i yeah. see that footage i tear up still <laughs> it's horrible um <laughs> yeah for those people listening and watching if you haven't had a look at our conversation yeah with jake dixon um check that out it was very enlightening and i know i felt so much like being a better person after that conversation it was yeah. it was something really special but um yeah please share what we're doing let your mates know subscribe because we've got lots more still coming we're just getting started for this season right that's it that's right it's just, <laughs> yeah it's just going to get crazy that's for sure so yeah uh, -huh. uh subscribe hit that notification bell like it if you if you do like it let us let everybody know if you don't like it let us, let know. us know tell us yeah tell us let tell us, us only us know sure. let us only us know there yeah, was yeah. there was one guy he gave us he gave us some feedback and it was something about that lady should either not drink or just keep her mouth shut <laughs> he was talking about me right probably <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> all right oh, it's been absolutely Lord. wonderful another fantastic episode thank you so much andra and any other final words for the uh, for the fans before we go no, send us messages. Just yeah, let us know you're there. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, indeed. Uh, we love messaging back and getting to know you all around the world. Yeah, In, yeah. Indeed, we let's do. Have, let, let's have fun together. That's what it's all about. And yes. Manuel, where, where can they find all of the latest news? PesinoGP.com or PesinoGP.es if you want to get it in Espanol. Yeah, if you want to learn Spanish, it's on dot es but pesino.com is is where you find the special stuff that's it that's it and so yeah we, it might be another couple of weeks before we uh, before we see you again but 
while they're testing hots up make sure you're watching it make sure you go and have a look if you haven't seen yet at those amazing ktms and let's see uh how quick they are they are slippery slippery beasts this year so let's uh let's let's do it all again in a couple of weeks stay yeah. upright everybody talk to you adios, later adios. Bye. Bye. Bye.